Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we talk about the Hawks' 92-116 loss to the Utah Jazz, a game where the Jazz came out shooting the ball hot from the three-point line, Trey Young never got going, and the Hawks were never able to get over the hump and take a lead in this game against the Jazz. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Jazz came out and hit three-pointers. To really break down this game, you can just look at the three-point percentage where Utah shot 45.5% from three and the Hawks shot 18% from three. Not only that, the 45% from Utah was on 22 of 44 three-pointers. The Hawks only attempted 28 threes. Only two Hawks players hit three-pointers. Cam Reddish hit four of them and uh, Tony Snell hit one. So it was just... A brutal game, and it feels contrite to sum up a game just with that stat, but it really felt like that was the way this game went. The Utah Jazz came out and hit threes from the beginning, and it did, the barrage didn't stop. There were a couple runs. Basketball is a game of runs, and the Hawks did, to their credit, fight back. In a game where last season maybe the Hawks would have just let get out of control. In fact, in the first quarter, despite being down 14 early, the Hawks were able to go on an 11 one run themselves and bring the game back to be pretty close the Hawks weren't able to keep the game close though and the Utah Jazz took a 33 to 23 lead into the second quarter the Hawks scored under 25 points in all but one quarter against the Jazz and despite having a really nice third quarter where the Hawks fought all the way back to get within four points it just the Hawks were never able to dig out of the hole and get a lead. The Utah Jazz law led this game wire to wire. It just wasn't a very close game, and it felt like any time the Hawks tried to get close, made a run, especially that third quarter run, it really felt like the Hawks had put something together. The Jazz hit a couple threes. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was spectacular, almost tying the record for the most threes hit by a play for the Utah Jazz, hitting threes in a game. He had six, but the Hawks just never were able to get over the hump, even get the lead for a little bit in Utah. Um, and that was just kind of how the game went. The Hawks didn't have a lot of help from their star point guard. Trey Young did not have one of his best games, and his frustration really showed through on the offensive end, especially. Trey ended the game with four points. He also had four rebounds. He did have seven assists, and he continued to be engaged getting his teammates involved. I thought especially on that run at the beginning of the third quarter, Trey was huge. He found Clint Capella a couple times to get easy dunks, and he also found Cam Reddish for a three-pointer in transition, and that really let the Hawks get this game into range. But the Utah Jazz did a very nice job. Coach Pierce talked about it at the end of the game of really denying Trey the ball from the get-go, not letting Trey bring the ball up the court, and that really disrupted... Trey's play for the rest of the game. Um, some bright spots for the Hawks on the offensive end. Cam Reddish got going. Again, he was one of only two Hawks to hit a three-pointer. And I thought Cam did really well to get 20 points, five rebounds. He had a steal and score, which was nice. Um, really just took the ball from uh, Clarkson on the Jazz and had a, a dunk. He also had a monster jam, just taking his man to the basket. Um, kind of as Utah was focused on really going after Trey early in the first quarter. Um, 
Utah specifically targeted Trey by getting Gobert to set some monster screens. Gobert, uh, who is second in the league in screen assists, which are screens that lead directly to a basket. But they were targeting Trey, and, and Connolly got going a little bit um, there. But I thought the Hawks did an equally as impressive job of going after Jordan Clarkson when he came into the game for the Jazz. Cam Reddish went right at Clarkson. DeAndre Hunter went at Clarkson, and I thought the Hawks did a good job of trying to attack that weak link on the Jazz's defense. But to get back, Cam had a wonderful game. His shot seemed to be falling. Again, he had 20 points. He also shot very efficiently and was able to really contribute. And Cam, DeAndre, and Kevin Herter were really what kept the Hawks in the game. Kevin Herter, I thought, came in off the bench and provided a nice spark. He did a really good job. He didn't make any of his three-pointers, but he was getting into the paint, and even with Gobert in there, he was finding a way to get his floater to fall. Kevin ended the game with 10 points, two assists, and one rebound, and I think that kind of undersells how well Kevin played. He just did a really good job of, even when his three-pointer wasn't falling, of being aggressive, going to the paint, and getting his shot off. DeAndre Hunter continues to be steady. He had 14 points, two rebounds, one assist. He was part of the third quarter push that that got the Hawks within four points and looked like the Hawks would have a chance to get a game, win a game in Utah that they were never really in. Um, and finally, Clint Capella had a nice game, scoring 16 points. He only missed one shot, had 11 rebounds, and another double-double to add to Clint Capella's record. Um, we got to see a little bit of Aneka Okongwu. The rookie finally got his first playing time. It looked like he would get his first playing time in Phoenix, but unfortunately that game was postponed. Um, but Okongwu came in and he just provided some energy. He was clearly lost and um, going in and getting your first NBA minutes against Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors is pretty brutal for anybody. And Okongwu got blocked a few times and was really just trying to find his way out there. He took a couple jumpers, uh, but his highlight was definitely a putback dunk where Tony Snell went to the basket um, Okongwu was looking for the ball at the free throw line, but he followed Snell to the basket. And when Snell's shot went off the rim, Okongwu was there for a massive dunk. And it was really good to see the rookie be involved. He finished the game with four points, five rebounds, two assists, a steal, just a lot of energy from the kid. And that's what you want to see. He was ahead, ahead of Bruno Fernando in the rotation. And I would expect to see that continue going forward. Um, the Hawks will not have to go against the matchup of Gobert and Derek Favors every night. And I think Okongwu is going to do a nice job of providing real energy off the bench. He even got switched out onto some perimeter players on defense a couple times, and he just looks pretty comfortable. Um, his shot is clearly not there uh, jump shot-wise, and he's not going to be stretching any teams out to the three-point line this season. But it was really encouraging to see him out there. It didn't look like he had any... Um, he wasn't nursing anything. He had a 15-minute uh, limit to how many minutes he was going to play, but he didn't come close to that. But it was really good to see the rookie out there for his first game. Um, not a lot of highlights on the Hawks' side of the ball again. Trey just, he never got going. His floater, which is so automatic, a shot that he is just so deadly with, is not falling for him. And um, he's not getting the calls um, or players running up on him as much as he did at the beginning of the season. Now, Trey was just monstrous in the early games. Uh, teams had no, really nothing to go to on the amount of free throw attempts that Trey was getting, and he has not been able to replicate that since 
frankly, uh, Steve Nash, who's coaching the Nets, complained that that wasn't really basketball during the game. Now, after the game, Trey, uh, Steve Nash, who works with Trey in the offseason, um, you know, said that Trey's figured something out and that other teams are going to have to adjust, and that's exactly what has happened. Uh, teams and officials have adjusted to what Trey's doing, and Trey's going to have to make that second adjustment. We're in the NBA. Teams will see what's on tape and, and do what works and what is works against them, and Trey's not been able to get players to foul him as consistently as he was at the beginning of the season. Um, I thought he did a good job in the second half to get to the free throw line. He drew a foul and got to the free throw line, and that sort of got him going, and he also hit a layup. And again, I thought he did a good job of keeping teammates, getting teammates easy buckets. He loves to search for the big, whether that's John or Clint Capella down low when he drives. And in transition, there are a few better passers than Trey Young. He had a wonderful pass to Clint Capella where he looked off the defender and Capella got a dunk in transition. And he found, again, Cam Reddish in transition for a three-pointer. So Trey's still getting his teammates involved. And I thought an encouraging part was Trey had a steal and a block. Um, his defense, again, he was being targeted by Utah very early in the game, but I thought Trey stayed engaged and had a, a knockdown where he swiped down on the ball and was able to get a steal. And he also was able to get another steal in the game where he just was in the right position. So I think, he, you know, Trey's working on the defensive end and he's just got to find other ways to contribute if his shot is not falling. Now on the Utah side, they had some strong performances you, the Jazz had six players in double digits. Again, they were 20 of 44 from um, three-point land. They averaged over 15 threes a game, and that was just really poor execution by the Hawks. After the game, Lloyd Pierce talked about they knew that the Jazz were going to come out and shoot three-pointers, and they just didn't do a good job on defending that. Donovan Mitchell came out and was super hot. He finished the game 10 of 20 from the field. He hit six of 10 three-pointers. Had 26 points, three rebounds, four assists, and a couple of those three-pointers for Mitchell were just deep threes that stopped the run that the Hawks had in that third quarter and kept the Hawks at arm's length. And then really in the fourth quarter, the Jazz went on a monster to close the third quarter and into the fourth quarter went on a monster 21-0 run that really put this game away. Rudy Gobert had a nice game, 15 points. Four blocks and 13 rebounds, three of them offensive, and he was just a problem in the middle. I did think Clint Capella held his own against Gobert, but really none of the other Hawks could do much. Um, I, I've had a lot of fun of watching the different players that DeAndre Hunter has defended or gotten switched up on, and um, he got a chance to defend Gobert a little bit, and it's it's really fun to see DeAndre Hunter's strength. He's just There aren't a lot of players that are going to be able to move DeAndre Hunter and uh, so that was a fun little matchup. But Gobert had a monster game and continues to do what the Jazz want him to do after signing a $205 million extension. Finally, Bo Boyan Bogdanovich, the other Bogdanovich in the NBA, had a nice game, 17 points, three rebounds. He hit a couple of big corner threes for the Jazz. He has a really... Um, frustrating game to watch if you're playing against him because he goes in and he draws fouls um, and he constantly he has one of the like just more uh, disappointing faces or, or faces when he's trying to draw a foul call that is just like dude you didn't get fouled you don't have to complain to the ref every time but he was very effective and hit a couple of big threes in the 
corner that the Hawks, for whatever reason, were not able to get out onto him and um, ended the game with, with, like I said, 17 points. Mike Connolly had a nice game, 15 points, 8 assists, and 4 rebounds. And finally, Jordan Clarkson had 16 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists. And I'll give Jordan Clarkson credit. He came in, and the first half he stunk. He was terrible. He didn't have any points, and the Hawks were really taking it to him on the offensive side of the ball. But he stayed engaged in the game, and then once it got out of hand, there's no bigger front runner than Jordan Clarkson. And he hit a couple of big threes that stretched leads from 13 to 16 or 19 to 22 and really put this game out of reach. But, you know, it was the Hawks hadn't played since the game against the 76ers and in fact had to leave some staff people in Phoenix because they tested positive for coronavirus. Coach Lloyd Pierce was in the protocol for contact tracing and got the okay to travel with the team. But um, this is just going to be a reality with the NBA that they're going to have to deal with um, this contact tracing and all the protocols that go with the coronavirus. Um, it was just mentioned or just released that Carl Anthony Towns of the Timberwolves has a positive test for coronavirus and the Timberwolves game was postponed. This is big because the Hawks play against the Timberwolves in Atlanta on Martin Luther King Day on Monday. So um, the Hawks are going to have to deal with postponed games. Thankfully, none of the Hawks players have tested positive so far, but the NBA is going to really struggle and have to deal with um, just maybe expanding rosters or finding ways to get these games done. In this specific game against the the Jazz, there were neither team had to deal with any people off the court because of the coronavirus, but I think the Hawks missing Gallinari and Bogdanovich was very apparent. They just have trouble scoring um, off the bench without those guys. Despite Kevin Herter having a nice game, Goodwin doing all right, um, the Hawks were outscored off the bench 36-25. to 25. Um, And that's just really – the bench is supposed to be a strength of the Hawks, and just with how injured they are, it's just not right now. Um, the Hawks did, you know, really do a good job of getting into the paint, outscoring the Jazz there 50-40. to 40. But the disparity at the three-point line – meant that that was really all for naught. I mean, when you get outscored by um, 15 threes, 45 points, it's just really hard to get that all back um, with points in the paint. Uh, free throws were relatively equal in this game, but it just, you know, the Hawks did not, were unable to sustain runs long enough to, to break a lead or also weren't able to get a bunch of defensive stops in a row. I mean, they did a really good job at the beginning of the third quarter of doing that, but that was really the only time during the game that the Hawks were able to do anything against the Jazz before the Jazz unleashed Fury from the three-point line. So tough, tough loss for the Hawks, especially coming off you know a bright win against the 76ers, even without all their players. And there's no time for the Hawks to hang their head. They play tonight against the Portland Trailblazers and Lloyd Pierce said it after the game you know as good as three-pointers as the Jazz are the Trailblazers have two of the best three-point shooters in the league in CJ McCollum and um, Damian Lillard so there's no time to like hang their head and and not adjust the Hawks have to play better defense and are going to have to do a better job now the Blazers will not have Joseph Nurkic their center he broke his wrist unfortunately but um you know, so there's no big man, and maybe that'll be a big advantage for the Hawks. But the Hawks are going to have to do a much better job at the three-point line. 
Um, maybe that quick a turnaround will be a positive for the Hawks. They won't have to even think about this game and they can just move on. And I don't think we should take anything away from the very nice performance by Cam, Hunt, uh, Cam Hunter, and Herter. I think those three did a really nice job. But real frustrating loss from the Hawks, and you're just not going to win a lot of games when Trey Young scores four points and you get outscored by 45 points at the three-point line. But uh, a good thing about the NBA is move on, and there's an, there's another game. So we'll look ahead to that game and discuss what happens tonight, tomorrow. Go Hawks. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. If you want to reach me, you can do that at kettlecast at gmail.com. And go Hawks.